everybody. My name is Marilyn Zakauer. I'm the CEO of Cosmic Centaurs, and this is the Center Stage Podcast. A show where I invite incredible guests to come explore bold ideas about the future of work and learning with me. This episode is a special one for me because I get to talk to Joe Santos, who is both a teacher and a mentor of mine. And we deep dive into the future of learning. I met Joe while I was pursuing my executive MBA at INSEAD, where he's an affiliate professor of practice in global management. Joe devoted himself to academia and scholarly work after having spent 20 years in the managerial world. And his research and teaching, they focus on the management of multinational enterprises and particularly on the management of global integration and global innovation. Sounds complicated? Think what it must have been like to be his student. He's been such an important part of the early thinking here at Cosmic Centaurs because if you think about it, multinationals have always had to manage remote teams. And the learnings that he has from years spent looking at how multinationals manage was so easily translatable into how we can be better remote managers. But in this episode, that's not what we talk about. Instead, Joe and I deep dive into the future of learning. Joe recently had to completely change the way he teaches one of his classes because of the pandemic. He went from teaching a class over two and a half days in person on campus to spreading it out over multiple afternoons and doing it entirely remotely. And as Joe is rethinking, how could he design his class differently for this new medium and this new rhythm? He started exploring the idea of agile thinking. That's where he came to me. Because I've been an agile practitioner for many, many years, and him and I had a lot of conversations about how he could adapt his class and his teaching and his way of doing things to explore how agile methodologies can be applied to learning. In many ways, this really changed his approach to teaching, but also gave him a newfound perception of agile methodologies. This was the first time that Joe designed his class around teamwork, shared output, and iterative processes. And even he was blown away by the results. Listen to my conversation with Joe to find out what this process was like for him, how his class turned out, and what he learned as he was exploring Agile methodologies. Joe, I am so happy to have you here today. Oh, it's wonderful to be here with you and with all our viewers and listeners. Great pleasure. All right, let's dive in. I have some tough questions for you. So as I mentioned earlier, over the past few weeks, uh, you know, you've been diving deep into redesigning or, or updating your key management challenge around managing multinationals to adapt it to a new way of delivering the content, uh, delivering it online over a number of days. I was, you know, privy to the design process and, and was able to kind of see how you went about that. I was also lucky to be invited to come speak to your class about my experience as a global executive. Joe, you call this the first agile KMC or key management challenge, and you designed it using the principles of agile methodologies. Tell us what it means to have agile teaching. How do you design an agile teaching experience? How did you set up this course? How was it different from how you ran the KMC not so long ago in my days? So first of all, it's important to note that the KMC, it's a very unique kind of course to INSEAD. And a KMC or Key Management Challenge is a course that is offered usually at the later stage, the final stage in my case, of the uh, Global Executive MBA students or participants, as we call you 
at INSEAD. For um, executive MBA students, this means that those coming to the program have around 10 years or more of experience in, in management, as you had. So that means that they have already learned a lot about management by doing, perhaps even by studying, but surely by doing. So they know already a lot about it. And a KMC is supposed to address a challenge or question or problem that existing theories aren't really able to address. Mm -hmm. And so they continue to be a challenge, a managerial challenge. And the challenge that is part of my own KMC, which I have been offering since the beginning of the uh, GEMBA, of the Global Executive MBA program in 2004, is the managing the multinational enterprise. And the key challenge there is how to get a global performance out of units and individuals uh, that are dispersed around the world. This is not new. This is not now. This is not digital. This has always been like this. Right. The multinational enterprise, the multinational endeavor uh, of human beings has always been remote. So managing at a distance, manage people in different contexts is what the challenge is. And suddenly we had to do it online. When I say suddenly, it isn't really suddenly, but it's because of the pandemic. So the pandemic and the fact that there was a second wave uh, of the pandemic kind of made us realize that being in classroom, as I've always been, uh, wasn't an option anymore uh, for those that wanted to take the KMC now. And so the alternative was the online alternative. And if I know something about being online, as I've been online for many years, so to speak, is that you can't just do online what you did in the classroom. And so I had to come up with something new because I love to try things that are new. I decided to combine the, uh, the method of methods that is expressed in the Agile methodology or in the Agile uh, manifesto rather and apply it to teaching, which is, by the way, what I do. I call it Agile teaching exactly because I am a teacher and I use the Agile method of methods or meta-methods, if we want to use a Sunday word, that is expressed in the manifesto that software developers wrote in the turn of the century. Um, and so that's why this came about. First of all, I learned how to develop software about 50 years ago, literally. So it's something I actually know. Uh, I could still do it today if I wanted. Uh, although probably I had to go back to the languages that we used in those days, which yeah. were old-fashioned now. But you see, when, when I learned how to develop software, the stage of development of using computers was such that I developed software, which is a very nice way of saying made software, while I was the user of the software. So I didn't make software because it was my job. I had to address the problems, like solving systems of partial differential equations in space-time, which is a mouthful. And to do that, there was no software, but I had a computer. Because I had a computer, but there was no software to do that. Well, I learned how to develop software and use the software for my own purposes. The idea of being a teacher and a student at the same time, the idea of being a maker and a user of software, the idea that knowledge is kind of software of our mind, that was the connection. So I connected easily something that I've known for decades, software development, computers, digital stuff, uh, which didn't really changed that much over the last 50 years. It changed a little bit. Those changes allowed us to do things today that were impossible 50 years ago. So that's a, a long answer to your question. Practically, what does that mean in terms of how you designed the teaching experience uh, for those who are attending this KMC? What are some of the things that 
you took from the meta methodology of agile, but also the sort of specific methodologies beneath that, like a scrum or a Kanban or whatever that you kind of brought back into the teaching environment. So something that I had never tried before in the classroom, and I could have, by the way, I'm not saying that this is only a, a way of teaching and therefore a way of learning. It's not specific to online, but I'll, I'll tell you about why online is so cool, at least for me. So I could have done this before. The idea is simple, but it didn't come to me before. It came to me because I had to do this thing online. It's always <laughs> like this. There is some serendipitous event that forces us to follow a different way. And I followed a different way. And so what is the way? I think that the first important insight that I had was that if I wanted to do something online that was not just a replica of what I did in the classroom, I could make the KMC not about sharing knowledge, Right in the traditional KMC, the one that you did was about sharing knowledge, both mm -hmm. me sharing my knowledge with you and you sharing your knowledge amongst yourself. So the KMC has a lot of interaction, a lot of group work, a lot of discussions around either particular case studies or particular experiences of the uh, participants as managers. So instead of sharing knowledge, we could make this a KMC about combining knowledge. And combining knowledge is a very different experience from sharing knowledge. So when combining knowledge can be operationalized by producing something a deliverable. In the case of software development, of course, uh, the combining of certain skills comes up as a piece of software, an app, for example, a working version of an app. In the case of the KMC, it came out of, as a, a guide, so which is also a sort of program. But the participants in small teams, virtual teams in this case, of course, and me and my teaching assistant, all of us, uh, produced a working version, well, actually four working versions, of a guide. So that was the first thing that makes it different. So yeah. about combining knowledge and therefore creating new knowledge. It's interesting that the makers or the writers of the manifesto did say in the manifesto, this is a manifesto for, and the words are very important, agile software development. Agile is about a process. It's not about the structures, or rather it's about a structure in time. The process is a structure in time, but it's not a structure in space. So Organizations cannot be agile. Their performance is agile. What they do can be agile. And, and therefore, the same thing with the classroom. So as a class, we were not agile. It was agile. And agile has to do with developing something, developing the sense of making, but you make something new, which is why development is a nice word. Every piece of software is new. Yeah. Although it's always made with existing pieces of software with an existing language, with existing routines, with existing pieces. And so, like creating new knowledge, every piece of new knowledge is a combination of existing knowledge. And so that's the main insight, I think, that was realized by this first edition of a, uh, an Agile KMC. Right. So you invited students to come in, be in teams. You gave them a task to create this guidebook. And they kind of had to iterate, right? So every day they had to add a small piece to that guidebook through the things they learned, through the things they know inherently and that they could make explicit to one another. And in doing so, it was agile because it went through that process in order to build something together. Now, I wonder, you and I had a few conversations about agile methodologies as you were preparing for this course. What surprised you about sort of when you delved deeper into 
what the manifesto was and what the methodology was. What was something that you think surprised you? I know you like to ask that question in class, right? You always tell us what surprised you. So I'm now putting it back to you. And also what surprised you about how the students engaged with this methodology and its spirit? What surprised me, partly because of your project, by the way, when you were doing your project that I was supervising because mm-hmm. you were describing the experience of the company that you were in at that time. And I became curious about Agile. Agile is one of those words that suddenly comes up, becomes fashionable, and suddenly means absolutely everything and nothing. Even today, most people confuse Agile with fast, and agility and speed are not the same thing. One is about second derivatives. The other one is about first derivatives for the mathematical geeks in the audience. So you're confusing acceleration with speed, for example, which is not a good thing to do. I try to avoid these fashions. Fashions, I think that's it. Comes with age. First of all, I avoided it because I said, you know what, this is, you know, a lot of crap, so to speak. And then you came and you showed me what Agile was through your uh, project. And I said, wow, this is interesting. Software development, apt, whoa. And then that's how I started to really look into it. And when I did look into it, I found a number of things. First of all, I couldn't understand it easily, so to speak, because I had made software. I had been engaged with it. Actually, my first role, formal title in a company was, as we used to say in those days, informatics manager. Yeah. I was so proud when I had that title, totally young. And so I said, okay, so I know about this. I understand what these guys are talking about. I did what they're doing, what they're talking about. And the other thing, which I think was surprising to me, was the rigor of their language. Mm-hmm. They're engineers. That's also my first training. So we tend to be rigorous with the language. They use words actually very rigorously, which is surprising mm-hmm. and good. And they spoke about customer collaboration which, by the way, comes from the fact early on to me of being a maker of software and a user of software. So, mm-hmm. of course, it's about collaboration. It can happen inside you, like it happened inside me. But as software became more complex, it, it can't be in one individual only. So you need to bring it to team. So you can't just do it alone on your own. You can still do software on your own, of course, in a thousand years from now, probably the same thing will happen. But that's not the point. The point is that as software became more and more complex, you can't do it alone anymore, really, because it's too much knowledge that no one can have given our bounded rationality. So it's true teamwork. Because in a way, if you dig deep into their values, which is the first page of the of their manifesto, and on the second page, which is the principles, they're talking about true teamwork, which is a fascinating sort of ideal mode of production. Of course, most of the time, even in software making, even in the classroom, even with groups in the classroom, it's not about true teamwork. It's about group work. It's about a sort of decomposable task, and then one student does something, the other student does something, then somehow they put it together, or somebody else puts it together, and then it comes up. And that's not really true teamwork. It's important, it's crucial, it's collective endeavor, but true teamwork is what really is in the manifesto, which is the, the famous one plus one equals three, as we often say to say it quickly. Though group work is about, as I say it, one plus one equals 2.1. Now, 2.1 is better than two, so make no mistake. But three is actually much better. <laughs> it's much harder to get. And then suddenly I said, okay, 
does this work virtually? Mm. And a virtual team produced this. And, and that was why it became suddenly also a piece of research for me. In a way, my motivation was just not to give a different experience to participants, allow them or afford them the possibility of combining the knowledge, the knowledge from guest speakers like you. So mm -hmm. there were four guest speakers during the five sections plus one, the six sessions uh, of the course. Then there was a, a brief lecture of me. So there was those two kind of user directions with the students, which were kind of the makers, uh, so to speak, or turned makers. And then they used most of the time, actually in total half of the time of the whole thing, to come up with this guide, with this piece of software, as it were, in a series of sprints to use a, a word that is kind of common in uh, some agile methodologies, at least and produce this guide. What I think was surprising also was the fact that we could co-design, which is an important part of any agile methodology because that's where the customer collaboration is. Again, the word customer cannot be used in teaching because a school is not a market. So it's not really customer, but we can say user. You use what you learn in school when you are a manager. And because I'm teaching multinational management, you're going to use it yourselves. And I yeah, used yeah. it. Uh, I also know about the use. It's my expertise. And I brought people like you not to speak about what you know about being and a global mm -hmm. executive, but how you became a global executive. So I think that what surprised the, the participants and what delighted me, because they were able to actually get it and do it, was to produce this guide to becoming a global executive, uh, which is, again, a road, a path to learning, a path to being. It's not about being, so to speak, rather. It's more how do you become? And they were able to produce remarkable work. I'm very, very, very happy with what they were able to do. Of course, I was part of it. We were all part of it. But the, the four teams that produced it, produced these four guides, well, it's a working progress. Now there's a process that we're going to do sort of off course of trying mm -hmm. to integrate the four guides to come up with one. As many things in Agile, it's these are working versions. Probably there will never be a complete version. That's the fun. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, yes. Good there will never be a complete version of knowing, in particular, of managing a multinational enterprise. And there will always be multinational enterprises. I want to take a question from the audience, which is maybe in continuation of what you're, you're speaking about. Designing this new way of teaching uh, using those principles, did you find that students' motivation and engagement, you were kind of touching upon that, but I want you to deep dive into it a little bit was different? Were people more present? Did more people understand the concepts uh, more thoroughly because they were making them and not just listening to them? How did it change the sort of the participation of everybody? And I have a second question following up on that. I can ask it again later, but maybe think about it in the background of your multi-processor brain. You said it was an experiment for you to see how virtual teams can operate and collaborate. How has that kind of changed your mind or not about collaboration in virtual team. Right. So let me uh, go to the first part first. I am particularly delighted with the, with the performance of the participants as teams, as a whole, and even individually, although, of course, I only knew them briefly, so I can't even state that I know them. But from the little I know of them, uh, rather, I'm very, very happy with the outcome because I do think that in a vast proportion, surely more than usual in the classroom. Mm -hmm. My main aim at teaching 
experienced executives, as you know, I only teach executive MBAs, executives in the executive education uh, programs of INSEAD. My only interaction is with people that actually know how to manage already. What can I teach someone that already knows how to do something? And my major aim is to change the way they view the world, including the way they view management. And I believe that that can be taught in the classroom. And it's very powerful when we achieve that. So I'm very happy whenever we achieve that or when a good proportion of the students achieve that. And by looking at the outcome of their work, because they also have to do an individual paper at the end of mm -hmm. the KMC, because the KMC is a real course, it's graded and everything, because they did have to do an individual paper. In the individual papers, I can see the evolution from initial interactions I had with them individually during the co-design phase just prior was asynchronous and was individual. And the end, the paper at the end, which is a reflection paper, as you may remember. And so I could see that evolution, that they have changed the way, first of all, they understand Agile. I did not intend to teach them Agile, but they got Agile. And I think they will be quite remarkable in the application of Agile. At least they will teach some people that use Agile in such a odd way. They'll be more rigorous about that. And they were able to understand that you can indeed, in an experience like being in a virtual team, small virtual team, people that already know each other, right? They are, they have been around together during the course of the Gamba for a number of months and modules. So it is possible to create something new. And in a couple of cases, to really create something remarkably new that was unexpected to them also. I think it was unexpected to everybody, but that's the point of teamwork. When do we know that something was truly teamwork and we were part of it? When the outcome surprises us. If by the end of teamwork, we say, okay, so you did that and you did that and you did that and I did this, it's not teamwork, it's group work. We just patched together smartly, well done things that each of us had, quote unquote. But teamwork surprises us all the time. And I think that I was delighted because I was surprised. It came out better than I thought. But then again, perhaps that's my inclination. I tend to not expect things will work in the first one. I believe in increment, by the way. Remember, I was trained very young in the scientific method. The Agile Manifesto is kind of, there's a lot of similitude between the values and justifications in it that are parallel, similar to those of the scientific method. So that's another thing I discovered about the manifesto. It's a kind of an application of the scientific method and therefore very, very, very adequate for high-end institution like education institution like INSEAD. In particular, one where we sort of like to think that we create new knowledge, that we are in the frontier of knowledge. And the KMCs, by the way, which are so unique to INSEAD, are a display of that frontier because we go to the classroom with very smart and experienced participants. There are these things that we don't know how to solve, that nobody knows how to solve. So let's let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. But now we just didn't discuss it or share views about it. We said, let's make something about it. So that's it. Absolutely. On this note, I'm going to ask you our last question of today, which maybe is also a perfect continuation of where you, you stopped that last thought, which is, can you finish the sentence and tell me why that's the word that you're going to choose? So the sentence is, the future of teaching is dot, dot, dot. Oh, the future of teaching is teaching. <laughs> you gave me the same answer in the Cosmic Conference. You said the future of work is work. I love it. Yes, the future, I'm sorry. The future of teaching is teaching. I cannot imagine a world without teachers. 
Sometimes people are very nice and they invite me and say, Joe, we would like to have you as a facilitator. And I say, I'm sorry, facilitate. I don't know how to do that. Could you invite somebody else that actually knows how to do that? I've been teaching for a long time. I actually know how to teach. I love teaching. And so, yes, the future of teaching is teaching. There will always be teachers. There will always be students. There will always be masters. There will always be apprentices. That's not new. It has hundreds of years or more. It will always be like this. Now, Teaching will be very different in the future, but it will always be teaching. I hope that we can do more teaching as making combinations of what the students know, as opposed to just sharing uh, mm. what we know, or even making sure that there is an environment for them to share what they know. So I think we need to go from sharing to creating. Mm. But in a way, I was taught that way. If I go back and I think deeply about many very classic professors that taught me, uh, they made me create things. They made me combine what they knew with what I knew. So in a way, we can do that combination inside. A great teacher makes us do that combination inside ourselves, mm -hmm. but we can also do it together. That's what didn't happen before. So there you teaching have it. that way. My conversation with Joe Santos, a teacher, a mentor, and an avid learner who's always trying to rethink the way he approaches things. I really loved his last point on turning teaching into a combination of what the student already knows and what the teacher brings to the table. I often say that when I went to business school or even in the conferences or workshops that I attend, I learn as much from the facilitator, the teacher, as I do from my fellow students. And I think that creating a classroom where that kind of learning and output can be structured and brought to life is definitely meaningful. If the world had more teachers like Joe, I think more students would be encouraged to create and share their knowledge. My name is Marilyn Zakauer. You are listening to Center Stage, the podcast, a show where we explore bold ideas about the future of work and learning. Please make sure you hit the subscribe button, but also we'd be incredibly grateful if you could leave us a review. We're down to episode four and we'd love to hear your thoughts and we'd love to know what we can do to make this show better or Perhaps you already love it just the way it is. Let us know. Also, please make sure to follow our company, Cosmic Centaurs, where my amazing team and I share content, frameworks, and articles to support you in leading your team in the new world of work. You can find us on CosmicCentaurs.com or on all social channels, including LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on at Cosmic Centaurs. That's C-O-S-M-I-C-C-E-N-T-A-U-R-S. I'll see you all in our next episode where I'll be joined by Rama Shakaki, who has over 25 years experience in social development for Arab youth. And together, we'll try to answer the question, does remote work create more opportunity for refugee talent? <laughs>